So in the long history of this podcast, I have had about two guests who I've known longer in my life than today's guest. I'm talking to Katie Ballantyne, whom I have known since September of 2001, since we were sitting crisscross applesauce on Miss Thorne's carpet at Scano Elementary School. Katie, we have known each other since kindergarten. We had a bunch of classes together in Scano. Who could forget winning all of those McDonald's nights uh, as part of Mr. Johnson's class? You actually DM'd me so randomly at some point during the pandemic, just asking me about them. It was the most hysterical thing. I got such a big kick out of that. But uh, we go way back. And then we, you know, we're friends around middle school. And then we actually kind of lost touch after that point. And it, I, I, I've looked back on it and I followed along your journey. And I'm always like, why didn't I keep in touch with Katie Valentine? But I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Katie, welcome to the podcast. You're, you're joining from Chicago, your new home. You look great. You're killing it in life. I'm so proud of you for, for everything that you've accomplished. And I would like to take credit uh, at some, <laughs> for, for some part of your journey here. So Katie, thank you for being here. And uh, so good to talk to you. Thank you for having me. It's good to catch up. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. So like I just said, like, I remember certain times in high school. And so we had a bunch of mutual friends. And we weren't in the same friend group necessarily, but a lot of crossover there. So I remember being at a bunch of events with you, hockey games, or just seeing each other at the track or whatever. And I would never talk to you. And you would never talk to me. And I don't know why. And I've thought about that. For some reason, that has weighed on my mind for years. So I'd like to formally apologize to you, actually. Uh, I'm sorry for not talking to you and for not maintaining a uh, a good friendship that, you know, we were tight. We were tight back in uh, back at Scan Elementary School. So I don't know what happened there. I know. I used to, I remember going to your house and you lived right by Shannon. So we would right. all hang out together. Um, we would have play dates, I guess, if you would call it that. But I don't know. You know, Shen was so big. There were just too many people to maintain close friendships with. Yeah. Wish I could have only been friends with more people. <laughs> including <laughs> I feel you. you. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I'm hoping that uh, that we can restart, rekindle what we had uh, back then. What I admire about you, though, is you have some really strong friendships from um, you know from where we grew up. And, and I've talked to I don't know if you listened to my podcast like with Kevin Bynan two years ago. We talked about how the friendships from this area, the 518, seem to hold more weight than they do for a lot of other people. I remember going off to college. And talking about my high school friends and how close we were and how and how tight that bond was. And all of them were being like, you're still friends to the kids that you went to <laughs> high school with? I was like, yeah, are, are you not? And it, I, I was the weird one in the group. I wonder, did you experience the same thing? It definitely depends. I think I have a lot of friends from school who weren't friends with their friends from high school afterwards. And then some who definitely were. But I think it was different in two in that like, I look back and going to like, I'd have maintained a close group of girlfriends and a few guy friends, but it's funny how even going back to like Saratoga over the summer and running into people or just responding to people's posts on Instagram and just catching up with people randomly. Like I still feel a strong bond to people, even if I haven't really spent time with them. Right. Outside of a social setting. Right. How do you manage to stay so close with a bunch of your friends from back home? Because I, I, you know, I've kept up in, and every time, because again, we have a bunch of mutual friends, your name always comes up. So I feel <laughs> like I, I know what's going on uh, in your life, even though we haven't really talked. So you do a really good job of, of staying close. And even though you've been geographically far from a lot of your friends, you've managed to stay close. So how have you been able to, to keep those relationships so strong through the years? Yeah, that's a good question. I think 
it's honestly helped a lot like the rise of social media and just having group messages with friends. Um, I know that's not sometimes easy if you don't have like a core group. I think it's different if you don't. Um, But outside of that, it's just making an effort. And I think this is an ongoing journey for me. Like sometimes you can rely too much on social media and following up with people that way. But sometimes I realize that you need to take the extra step and text somebody see what's going on in their life outside of what they're saying on social media or in a group message, um, really make the effort to like say yes and travel to go see people. Yeah. Um, I think that's honestly the best way to stay close with people. Um, it's definitely like an investment, I would say, but an important one. Yeah, no, I, I love that you said that. I share that mindset about just, I'm a big fan of, you know, cause at, at our age, what holds a lot of people back is money or, or time. It, people make a lot of excuses my philosophy is the money is always going to come back. This this opportunity won't because it's only going to get worse as, as we get families and more responsibilities and, and jobs that require much more of, of our attention and whatnot. We're not going to be able to live this way for so long. So any opportunity you go or that you get to go fly out to Illinois to see you, you should do it because you're not going to get that many opportunities. We, we don't really realize that now, but you're only going to get so many chances to do that. So I'm a big proponent of just do it. Don't really worry about the consequences. Just live for the moment and figure out the rest. You always do. Say yes, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So you're out in Chicago now. Mm -hmm. You were in DC. You went to Penn State. You graduated from there, went to DC. And then pandemic happened. You stayed in DC for a little bit. Now you're in Chicago. You're working for Deloitte, which... You know, I couldn't tell you necessarily what they do, but I know they're a massive <laughs> international brands. I, everyone knows someone who works at Deloitte. Uh, so it's a really good job, really good company. So we're, we're all happy for you. Um, why have you chosen to live in Chicago? Because I now understand you don't actually have to be there. No. And so it's a funny story. Um, lived in D.C. for work. Um and initially, before the pandemic, I was going in five days a week, um, made a really group, close group of friends, um, spent a lot of time in D.C. D.C. Isn't a hu- is not a huge city. Um, and I think it's very distinct in a good way and in certain ways that I didn't know if it suited me long term. Um, I think I saw. So what had happened was a couple of friends were talking about potentially moving and that really scared me. I knew that nobody, DC is a very transient city. So no one's staying there forever uh, for the most part, I would say. Um, A lot of friends were from other places. So it always scared me to be the last one left in a city. Um, And so one night back in March, um, a couple of friends and I were together and we were saying like, let's all move to the same city. Let's make a list and talk through pros and cons. And then we can do a rank voting situation where we decide where we want to go. Um, and one of my roommates, her name is Molly. She has always wanted to live in Chicago. Um, and she's just become one of my best friends over the last few years. Um, definitely just a sister. Um, I think I had said she's my roommate. Yeah. Um, and so she had said like, we could move to Chicago. We could all move to Chicago together. I think she'd been planting that seed for a while, but I wasn't <laughs> ready to hear it until till March this year. 
Um, and then I think from there, it just became like a, how can I justify this to myself? Um, I think we started making plans and coming up with our ideas for what our life would be like in Chicago. And it just became super irresistible to like kind of start fresh. Yeah. Um, I think I saw where my life would be in DC. Like I knew exactly how my career would end up. Um, I saw where I would be living when I was older, what the, the suburb I would live in with my family, stuff like that. Um, and it didn't quite feel right for me. So I'm happy to, at the end of it, I visited Chicago actually for the first time in May. And that's when I made my decision, like, okay, I can actually see myself here. Um, and then moved in August, mid-August. Um, so I've only been here six weeks, but yeah, it was kind of just a leap. Um, we actually convinced one more of our roommates to move with us. So there are three of us that all live together in D.C., plus one more roommate. And then three of us left and packed all our stuff and came to Chicago. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Why didn't DC feel like the right thing long-term for you? Oh gosh. That's a good question. Um, it's a very, I think it's interesting too going to different types of cities and being from where we grew up versus a place like New York city. It, I think DC has a similar certain similarities to New York in that it's a very competitive place. Yeah. Um, not to say, uh, I just, I think a lot of people are very job centric. Um, they move there for their jobs and politics and the government. And I think as much as I've been around that my whole life, I think that I don't know if that was something that I was necessarily happy to be around. Um, yeah, I think it's just, I, I, I don't, I think there's a happy medium between a super laid back city. Like if you're going to live on the West coast in California, where it's all about relaxation and adventure versus living somewhere on the East coast where it's a lot more job centric. Um, I kind of wanted a happy medium and it, it feels like people in Chicago compared to DC are just normal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did you feel like, because I struggle with this, I come from the same place as you, I'm a workaholic. I, I can work so much. I, I'm such a hard worker and it's it's why I've gotten a lot of great opportunities I have. But I know that this this isn't sustainable. I can't be like this forever. And I'm also, I'm going to just lose out on a lot of precious moments of life and a lot of fun if I continue to be this way. Sure, my career will be great, but what else will I have to show for it? And I don't want to regret not you know, regret missing out on a lot of things that I that I have had had I taken the foot off the gas. Is that kind of where where you're at? Like, do you struggle with kind of having too much ambition and not wanting to miss out? It's funny you ask that because not really. I think I've done a good job of figuring out how to balance life and work. Um, like, I we we get a really generous um, vacation policy, I guess, at work. Um, so we get a ton of vacation. Um, I really do spend every moment I'm not working, trying to enjoy myself. Um, so I think it, that came with time and there are definitely ebbs and flows at work times where I'm working harder times where it's a little more quiet and I feel a little bit less engaged times. I'm super ready to go. I want to say yes to everything. I want to take every opportunity that comes my way. Um, I think someone had told me before, it's about learning to take 
and say yes to the things that make you shine, which sounds a little cliche, but you kind of have to prioritize the things that you know are actually going to get you somewhere um, that you enjoy and that also look good for you because you could be doing every, it's like prioritizing and being efficient about the things that you're choosing um, and learning when to say no and knowing your boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. I fully agree. Uh, fully agree with that. So you're in Chicago, you guys chose Chicago. I am dying to know what was your pros and cons list. And I asked this because I like you also have the ability to live wherever I want. And so this is also your recruiting pitch. Make, make me want to come to Chicago. I've never been, no one ever talks about it in my field, New York city, Los Angeles and Chicago are the big three in media markets, but Chicago was always the forgotten one. No one ever talks about it, tries to advocate for me and move there. So Katie Valentine pitched me on moving to Chicago. Yes. Um, <laughs> so when I first went, I remember driving from the airport into the city. And when you're driving through and we're from New York, so the city, New York City was what you kind of know and love. Um, I was driving through and I, and we we're going off this major highway into the city. And I'm like, where is everybody? Like, why does it feel so not chaotic? Like it really truly feels like it's a big city with a small town feel. Um, it's so big. There's so much space and so many options for everything. Um, I just think there's a really cool culture and I'm just listing them all out. So there's a really cool culture around. I just think like the lake, um, there's so much outdoor space, uh, great parks, tons of lakefront trails. People love spending time out there. Um, I would say that Midwest nice is a thing. We're saying that Mm -hmm. people from, we're learning that people from the Midwest are very kind and they're nice and they want to talk to you. Um, (laughs) I just think it's a very like good casual city. Like I, Love a place, a city that I can go out in my sweatshirt and leggings and get a beer or go to dinner. Nobody's looking at you funny. It's not (laughs) a super hoity-toity place. I just, I think that people are proud to be from here Mm. Um, and they're very welcoming. I've noticed sometimes when you're in other cities or going to new places and you say, you just moved there. It's like, oh, you're new. You're, you're, you're not a New Yorker. You're you're not from Boston and people here are very welcoming. Everyone that I've met so far seems to say like, welcome to the city. You're going to have a tough winter, but (laughs) like, please enjoy stuff like that. Interesting. Okay. I've heard this thing about Midwest nice for many people and I I still don't believe it because I like, are we really that mean over here? I think that I also do strongly believe that there is an upstate New York charm. And I tell people that. (laughs) Like New Yorkers are known as being mean, but people from Clifton Park and upstate New York are just very nice. Like all of our friends, all the people we grew up with, nice people. Did you have to tell a lot of your friends in college and your coworkers since that upstate New York exists, that there there is more to the state than the city itself? Yeah, well, we, we got a lot of uh, Long Islanders and downstaters at Penn State. People are super familiar with that. And you say upstate and they say like, oh, Westchester? Uh, no, no, no. I'm three hours north of the city. I'm just as close to Canada and Boston as I am right. New York. And, and people, people, I feel like, are definitely coming to understand that. And I'm very passionate about it. Good. As you should be. You should take pride in it. These downstaters, I hate associating with them. I wish Long Island would just secede from the state. I don't want to be associated with with them and in our state anymore. 
I would agree. <laughs> okay, so what were your cons when you were thinking about moving to Chicago? What what were your fears about moving there? Oh, um, good question. I think one that I easily got over was leaving the industry that I was working in. So I've stayed at um, Deloitte, but I've switched um, into a different industry. So a lot of the work I previously did was around government clients. Um, So a lot of people are located centrally to the DC area. So you get really close with your team. You spend a lot of time, you recognize faces in the office. It's super different switching to different offices where you have your classic consultants who are traveling around, um, not really in the office. So that was something to consider. Um, a cons list was that another con was we had such a strong group of friends in DC. Um, we were really the first ones to go. So I think it was a little scary to be that move maker, um, and kind of take that leap. I think, I mean, these are the types of people that are going to be in my wedding. So it's definitely difficult in that way to leave just like a familiar known routine. Um, But I I felt like I was, I had done it all in DC. I had finished it up. I was, I was ready to go. Um, I think just in general, like the fear of not knowing people, the fear of starting over. But I think in the last couple of years, I've really cultivated like a good basis for myself and like, I I know that I've established a good life and I, I just was confident in my ability to make it work no matter what. So I was able to over, overcome those fears that way. What do you mean by you've established a strong basis? <laughs> yeah. So I think that I've just like back in 2020, I like during the pandemic, as did some other, a lot of other people. And if you didn't, then no judgment there, but I just spent a lot of time on myself And I think like something I've been talking about lately is just how I've learned to make everything enjoyable and make everything into a thing is what I'm kind of of saying. So like finding enjoyment in everyday things, saying yes, um, I guess just like learning to control the anxieties of the future just like working on my own mental and emotional health. Um, I, I've just like developed, been able to, de- and with that also been able to develop closer and better friendships. So I've met people on these types of trips that I go on. Um, and I knew a couple people in Chicago. I've know people in a good amount of cities. And so I was confident in my ability to meet friends of friends and become friends with those people. Um, So I think that that's something that was key in my decision-making. Do I know people there? Um, And I've learned I have a good ability. I'm I'm good at making friends. Um, (laughs) And so it's been, I I knew I'd be able to do it. And I knew I'd be able to cope with any adversity since we've been dealing with adversity for the last few years. So anything else is easy as cake, I guess. And what areas would you say are you different now, October, 2022, as opposed to October, 2019? Oh my gosh. I feel like an entirely different person. (laughs) There's just like so much that I've done 
I think in terms of like mental and emotional health, I feel entirely different. Um, just putting in a lot of work, um, reading, going to therapy. I'm very proud of that. I'll tell everybody that I go to therapy. Um, just like learning and practicing mindfulness, finding different things. I think that bring me peace and bring me joy, whether it be like going on a walk every day. I've done that since the very beginning of COVID. Um, and then just learning to like, I think before it was so easy to get swept up in a crazy schedule of we're busy, we're traveling. I'm at work every day. I'm going to happy hour afterwards with my coworkers. I'm trying to squeeze in a workout. I'm trying to watch something on TV um, and really just had to learn to spend time alone by myself. I spent a good amount of time alone in quarantine. Um, and I think I really like developed a strong relationship with myself um, and really learned how to spend time alone. And even then just how to be comfortable in the quiet. Did something happen that made you kind of flip this switch some realization where you said, I, I need to change things. Um, I think honestly, I attribute a lot of it to like what was happening on social media back in the spring of 2020. Um, I mean, since then it's, it's become a lot more prevalent, but I think there was a lot of information online about mental health, taking time for yourself, learning how to cope, I think with the pandemic, um, and being alone and isolation. I think all of that just started compounding and I kept seeing it over and over. And especially with like, someone said this word before this, the reinvigorated social justice movement, which I really liked. Um, I think there was a lot of resources at that time. And I had a lot of time to look at them because I wasn't really doing much, uh, <laughs> spending time in an apartment by myself. Um, I think at that point I had realized like, oh, maybe like my mental health is something I should think about and look into. Um, and I started going to therapy in August of 2020. And I just, I, I can't recommend it enough. I just think that like, there's so much to be said about learning about yourself and learning tools to cope with what life is, you know? What are some of those tools that, that you have learned? Yeah, I think just like learning and understanding your relationship to your thoughts, uh, which is mindfulness. Um, I think understanding that your thoughts aren't necessar necessarily reality. So like any thoughts and worries, like while they're valid and they're real, uh, they exist, they are thoughts and they don't necessarily reflect, reflect reality. Um, so yeah, learning to change your relationship to your thoughts and like be able to not control them, but manage them, um, I think has been really helpful. I think just like learning how to validate myself and how I feel um, and how others feel and just learning to practice more non-judgment, especially with myself, um, has helped me just like increase my own self-esteem and confidence. And I don't know, I, I, that's like my new passion is psychology. I, yeah. I, if I could quit my job and <laughs> do that, I would, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I'm actually with you there. I, let me turn this around and ask, and ask you, since you seem to be so Zen, my problem is I am super self-critical. I hold myself to the most ridiculous of standards and I always fall short of them. 
always. Like even and the world around me will will tell me I'm doing great. In my head, I'm like, I I could have done this better. Whatever. I'll fi- always find something wrong. How do you, whenever you encounter thoughts like that, how do you kind of shut them down and assure yourself, no, you're doing great. You're, you're having a kick-ass day, Katie. You're the man or woman. <laughs> That's a good question. I think it comes down to just like recognizing like quickly when you realize that you're being critical and you like, you're like, you, at first you need to just recognize that you're doing it. Like when you're like, oh, Troy, you, you did so bad on this thing. You just need to be like, wait, that was, that was a negative thought. Let me reframe that and learn how to train yourself and like provide yourself with a more neutral or more positive statement and say, and just learn to say nicer things to yourself and just continue repeating them. I think it's definitely a muscle you have to learn and a muscle you have to work on. Um, but I think it pays off. What advice would you give to women, well, to women who are aspiring to be in your shoes, who who are you know 21, 22, or just graduating college and are trying to make a name for themselves in, in your industry? Yeah, I think in the beginning, like you definitely have to put your head down, but I would encourage people to make both female and male mentors. Um, and it depends, I, different companies do it in different ways. They have formal or informal mentorship programs. I think that it's, important to be vulnerable with those leaders and i've i've had different candid conversations with male leaders well definitely female leaders explaining like these types of situations um and then also with my male leaders as well like learning how to have those open conversations i think we've been encouraged to have difficult conversations more now in the last couple of years than we have ever before. So I think it's important to lean into that. Um, I think vulnerability just breeds connection. I think that's a Brene Brown quote. Um, and I believe to, I, I'd like to try to implement that in work as well. What exactly is your career goal? What are you striving for? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. At this point, I see myself in a similar type of field, I think there's a lot to be said about a female in cybersecurity work. I think there's a good place for people like me to be in cybersecurity and kind of like change the way some things are done. Um, and just to be a fresh type of face. Um, I don't know. I think I have always seen myself like at a higher level, making decisions, big picture strategy type person. Um and working, I, I guess, like working with a lot of different people, managing people, leading people. So I don't know whether that be at Deloitte or elsewhere. Um, we shall see. But I see myself, I guess, hopefully, if they like me uh, and they think I'm doing good work, continue to rise uh, in my career. I, I read an article recently. I think it was from the New York Times. Um, basically, whenever women decide to have children is when their career kind of torpedoes um, and that it's just never the same after that, that I think the stat was of women who graduate with a, with a Harvard degree, undergrad or postgrad, the amounts of them who are still working, who are still employed by the time or after they have a child is like 30%, like oh some, something low like that. Is that something that, that you see uh, in your, in your industry or that you've seen uh, in your experience so far? Yeah, it's hard to say because I only see the people that are left. Um, 
oh gosh, sorry. Um, I only see the people that are left. I think a lot of the women that I work with have a very, they take maternity. We have a very generous maternity leave policy. Um, and there's a lot of parental benefits, I think. Um, I think it's interesting too. I mean, I grew up with a working mom. I went to after school. I went to over the summer, summer camp, stuff like that. Um, I think that was just like what I always saw. So I thought it was normal. Um, it was cool. I thought when, when people's parents could, uh, were one of the parents worked at home or stayed home and I could, they could pick me up after school. I would go home, uh, get a bus note and hang out with them after right. school at their house. Um, it's definitely just like interesting. And I, I don't know where my life is going to take me, but, um, I definitely see it a lot. I think at Deloitte and specifically, you see a lot of people who come back, um, and, like include having children and maternity leave into their progression plans, um, which is cool to see that they can do both. Um, I just think that people who do that, people who are able to manage a family and a life outside of work and be a rock star at work is just, it's astounding to me. Very admirable. What is the, aside from work, outside of your career, what is your ultimate goal just in general life, where do you hope to be in your life in 10 years? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, people ask that. I want to be happy. Um, good, whatever that good. I want to have a family, um, a couple golden retrievers running around. Okay. Um, a good old Chevy out court. I'm not coming back. Every to time Chevy I go by that street, <laughs> I, I think of you and Mary Kate. <laughs> <laughs> do you know my parents moved? No idea. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they live in Florida now. Oh, wow. Good for them. Oh, are they okay? Yeah. yeah, they're good. Okay. It missed Tampa, so they live outside of Tampa. Um, but yeah, they moved in 2020, so we did the whole saying goodbye to upstate oh. New York kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, sad. Um, but what was the question? Oh, where I'm going to be in the future. <laughs> um, I don't know. I hope I have a good balance in my life. Um with family, with friends, traveling, being at home and enjoying the slower moments, um, work, hopefully work doesn't take over too much. <laughs> um, I don't know. I would love to travel and just have time for leisure and spend good quality time with family and friends. Where do you fall on work style, you know, number of days a week in the office versus work from home? Which do you prefer? What's your ideal model? Oh, Ideal. I would love to work four days a week. I do not. I work Monday through Friday. Uh, uh, central time hours like 8 p.m. to 5 p.m. But uh, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. What did I say? 8 p.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Katie, 21 hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, I would love to be able to do like a hybrid model in, in, if I could, my, my team right now that I'm is, is all located all across the country, but I would love to make friends in the Chicago office um, and get to go in a couple of days a week. I just think it's good to change up and dress up like a normal person and be in yeah. the office sometimes um, or travel around. But I, I definitely like a mixture. Um, I think it's good for your life to be working from home, but Sometimes I get a little lonely when I'm not yeah. working on anybody else. <laughs> Do you feel like you're not as good at your job working from home? Um, 
No, not necessarily. I think like the, I've had to learn how to adapt to it. Um, I don't know. It's just different. I definitely get more done at home versus in person. You're just like talking and you're chatting and you're distracted. Going to lunch. Cause I, I I've heard people say that as well. When I've asked that question, I'm the opposite. I get more distracted at home. Cause like, you know, I'll go on social media I'll watch TV, I'll get distracted by the snacks, whatever. <laughs> and then at the office, I, I'm very locked in. I, I'm like, oh, I can't be on my phone. What if my boss is around the corner and sees me? I, you know, I'm here to work. I'm not here to do X, Y, and Z. Like, I'm actually the inverse of that. Yeah, I think it's different too when you're like working with other people in a room and you're you see other people doing it. I'm very motivated by the people around me. Yeah, yeah. So Interesting. You got uh, calendar invites going out there. You got meetings of part of your 21 hour shift. People are just sending me so many emails. (laughs) It's like, guys, it's 7.15 PM. And do you usually respond to those 7.15 PM emails or do you you draw a line? Definitely. No, no. Okay. (laughs) Is your business, is it a 24 hour business or no? Um, No, not really. I would say that people don't expect you to respond after business hours usually. But do you ever have urgent matters in the cybersecurity world? Yeah, I'm not like super like not doing the things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my stuff can probably wait. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay. Uh, well, Katie Valentine, it has been awesome catching up with you, learning about your career, all the crazy places that, that you're going. I'm so excited to see where it all takes you. And uh, I can't believe it's been, gosh, we're so old, 22 years, 21 years a whole oh drinking God. age person that we've known each other. Wow. A single drinking age person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember meeting you and I, I'm laughing because I've been listening to your podcast. Not, not all of them, but like sporadically, you have such a distinct memory and I also do. Um, like I remember going to uh, kindergarten orientation and you were wearing a plaid shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you remember that? Wow. I, I, I feel like an asshole for not remembering what you were wearing, but I do remember, do we break, do we break the secret here? Do we let the world know how we won all those McDonald's nights with Mr. Johnson's first and second grade class? Or do we keep that confidential? We should keep it confidential. Yeah, you're right. If you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you, Katie. Best of luck with everything. And uh, I look forward to following along with you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.